Welcome to a day of prayer. Jesus said, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No one comes to the Father but through me. Together, let's engage in relationship with Christ through prayer, faith, and His Word. You're listening to a day of prayers morning Bible study. I'm Lit Charles, and we're so glad you could join us. And before we begin, let us open up in prayer. Lord, we just thank you for today, Lord. We just thank you that you are constantly good to us, Lord. We just thank you for the opportunity we have to hear you, Lord, to hear what's on your heart, Lord, and just to understand the things that you have for us, Lord. Lord, we also just thank you for your Holy Spirit, Lord, and that he's ever present with us, Lord, inside of our lives, that he's leading us into everything that all the good that you have for us, Lord, and is leading us away from every trap that's been set for our feet, Lord. Mm -hmm. And Lord, we just thank you that you have protected us, Lord, in every aspect of our lives. In Jesus' name, amen. In Jesus' almighty name, amen. Amen. Well, good morning and welcome, everyone. We are so glad to have you with us as we continue to study the word and the, the book of Ephesians. It's a great time and opportunity that we have together. We are still on chapter 2, covering verses 1 through 13. So I'd like to go ahead and encourage you to take time and opportunity now to pause the episode and read through that section of Scripture, whether it's your first time joining us or you're rejoining us in this conversation and study of the Word, just to make it easier to follow along in the discussion. Amen? Amen. Amen. And amen. All right, at this time, we're going to open up the floor and give each of you the opportunity to share what Holy Spirit is speaking and ministering to you and to ask any questions that you might have. So who would like to begin? I will. All right, I promise. We left off in the previous podcast talking about how that we need to mature and come up and serve the Lord and how that involves going out into the world. And the Lord wanted me to bring up a clear distinction between being a part of the world and being in the world. Amen. And he brought me to James uh, James 4, verse 4, and it says, Adulterers and adulteresses, do you not know that friendship with the world is enmity with God? Whoever therefore wants to be a friend of the world makes himself an enemy of God. And how this is much different than being in the world because the Lord is our first friend. And inside of the world, in order for someone to be a friend, they need to know what that person is doing. Mm -hmm. Um, Jesus talks about that inside of Matthew when he says, I would know when he said that he would no longer call them servants, but Mm -hmm. friends because a servant doesn't know what his master is doing, Mm -hmm. but a friend should. Mm -hmm. And Mm -hmm. so, with you being in the world, you also have to know what you're doing as in being fr- having friendship with the world you need to know what you're what you're doing while you may not constantly be going i'm doing this but the things you're doing are intentional so you should be aware of yourself and how you're acting or how you're carrying yourself is that what you're saying yes mommy oh okay all right let's go and uh, also with us growing up inside of the lord the Lord remind me of um, a common belief that 
um, the Lord need us to send or for him to come. Ugh. And the Lord's reminding me of well, that why that's not true is because the Lord originally didn't want us to sin. And how he originally had the whole thing planned out because he knew that we would sin. And mm-hmm. he reminded me, I'm not sure what exactly says, but it said, all upon sure of the glory of God. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and how since that is the case... And since there's not one who's perfect inside of the Lord, we know that we can always come to the Lord to get grace. And as a result, that's how the Lord's plan comes into play. Right. And so just let me let me say this really quickly. Um, the our, our beloved scripture in James tells us <laughs> that God does. He's not tempted by sin and neither does he tempt anyone with evil. <laughs> so. For God to go, I want you to sin so I can come and save you. That is a lie from the pit of Sheol because there's no truth in it. And also love, uh, 1 Corinthians chapter 13 tells us love does not rejoice in iniquity, but rejoices in truth. And then we know from, uh, I believe it's 1 John, that God is love. So there's no way that God would rejoice in iniquity, period, that he would find any pleasure in it or for it or have need of it. It's not in him. It's not from him. That comes from the father of lies. It comes from the devil and Satan himself. It does not come from God our Mm -hmm. father. So he does not need sin, does not want sin, does not rejoice in sin, does not require sin. He understands that we have sinned and would sin and already made a way for our reconciliation. let's, Let's view it this way, right? Just further, the Lord did not need us to sin. Sin already existed. How do we know it existed? If we study it out, you will find that, well, now Satan, the adversary, Mm -hmm. formerly known as Lucifer, who was an angel of light, was one of the Lord's angels that ministered to him, right? Mm -hmm. Uh, The son of the morning, right? Jesus being the bright and morning star, right? Mm -hmm. So son of the morning. He clearly made a choice that he would attempt to ascend above the Lord mm-hmm. and above his throne. So sin already existed. That's sin. Because of Satan. Because mm-hmm. of Satan. Mm-hmm. We, if you will, had nothing to do with it. That was entirely Satan. But think of it in a household. As soon as one of the children, if you have multiple children, does something that's in opposition to the structure of the house, right? The standard, all those things that have been set forth for the household. What happens then? The remainder of the children now have, if you will, a choice to make. Are they going to follow suit mm-hmm. and exemplify the same attitudes, actions, and behaviors? Or are they going to remain, due to integrity, following the standard for the house? So the Lord is giving, has given us that choice as well. Are we going to follow him, his ways, his thoughts, his standards? Or are we going to follow after those of Satan, the adversary? So that is part of us being here on earth is to make a choice. He didn't need us to sin. Sin already existed. But because the choice or the decision was made to not remain in alignment with the Lord, with his thoughts and his ways and his standard. 
then he needed to redeem us. Does that make sense? Yes. yes. Sin already existed even before man fell away. Mm-hmm. Right? So, so let's understand yes. that, which is also why he says here, Paul, in verse 11 of Ephesians 2, was saying, since you once were Gentiles, right? We were of the nations in the flesh. Does that make sense? Yes. And, it, and he says how you were once led away. Does that make, right? We're all tracking? Mm-hmm. Yes. yes. We were once led away because of those things. But the Lord's saying, hey, no, you're, you're now part of me. So mm-hmm. follow me in my ways and my standard. Choose me. Choose righteousness and do justice here in the earth. Mm-hmm. And that actually connects to verse 2 where he says, the sons of disobedience. Exactly. You were once sons who disobeyed God, which is on Lucifer's team, basically. And, and you read the, the previous about it, how they were um, walked according to the course of this world, according to the spirit of the power of the air. The spirit who now works in the sons of disobedience. That's clearly the adversary. That's demonic influence, right? And not only when Lucifer fell away and became Satan, a third of the angels decided, eh, sounds like a good idea, and went with him, right? Yes. So, basically, the difference is, do you obey God or do you not? Lucifer chose to not remain in God's divine order, which is obedience, Right. And so now everyone who walks in that is walking just like their father, which is what the Lord said to the um, uh, Pharisees. You do the works, you Mm -hmm. do the will of your father, the devil. Right. Yes. Yes. Thomas, go ahead. And I would um, further like to bring you to James. um, Sorry, James. Sorry. Okay. Yes. James one. Verse 13, where it says, Let no one say when he's tempted, I am tempted by God. For God cannot be tempted by evil, nor does he himself tempt anyone. But each one is tempted when he's drawn away by his own desires and enticed. Then when desire has conceived, it gives birth to sin. And sin, when it's full grown, brings forth death. Mm-hmm. And you can see here, um, the Lord also wants us to come up and be like him. And... If you read inside of Ephesians 5, 1, it says, let us imitate him like dear children, mm-hmm. that that's how we should be acting, not being enticed and drawn away, but allowing the Lord to perfect us and how that's a part of maturity, which ties into my next point, which is talking about how a lot of times when we're supposed to be going out into the world, we um, disdain that kind of work, and he brought me to two parables and the first one was with the tax collector and the pharisee and then the second one was the um, good samaritan inside the good samaritan it talks about how the three that there's i believe three people who thought they're too good for the man who got waylaid by robbers and how was the one who actually was going out to the world who actually brought another man in Mm. and how that he was profitable and you, you can also see that in the parable of the talents. How the one who buried a seed, it said he was cast down to darkness. While we're not supposed to be going from door to door, um, trying to get the most amount of people saved as we can, we should be walking inside the Lord's will because we know that will uh, maximize the opportunities. Wow. Go ahead, boy. Mm-hmm. Thank you, Holy Amen. Spirit. Carry on. 
it then in the parable of the Pharisee and tax collector, it talks about how that the tax collector said he was doing all these things inside of his prayer and how he thought that was better. Oh, you mean the Pharisee was, is that the prayer where the Pharisee said, thank the, thank you, Lord, that I'm not like this tax collector. Okay. Okay. Mm-hmm. And the tax collector thought he was a heathen and right. Yes, mommy. Hmm. Okay. And how we shouldn't be trying to make ourselves or beat ourselves down, but we should also understand that we're not above the Lord. And how it talks about inside of the Bible that the Lord went from city to city while not trying to get the most amount of people saved. When he was doing that, he was also not speaking from an opportunity that were better than them. And a lot of Christians get this mixed up inside of the way we are better, and that's because the Lord has made us better. Not because of our own might or strength. Mm-hmm. And the way we are better is because we're allowed to preach the gospel to others. Not because we have more blessings or riches and honor. Because it talks about how the Lord is all those things. And that without him we can't, we can't do anything. Yes. Mm-hmm. And it also says it here in verse 12, right? When we were, if you will, called of the uncircumcision, right? Or without Christ. It says in verse 12 that we were strangers of the covenant of promise. We had no hope without God in the world. But now, those who have chosen the Lord have been brought in. They are sons and daughters of the Most High. Mm -hmm. They are grafted in to his plans, his purpose, his will, and his covenant, which are all the same thing, that he's our God and we're his people, that he's our heavenly father and we are his children. That is the promise. And because we love him and we should be trusting him, we can put our hope in him. And it's demonstrated. All of those things are demonstrated through our obedience to him, the father. Yes. Amen. And the parable you referenced was Luke 18, verses um, 10 through 14. So you have a chance to read it. Go back and read it. Um, go ahead. And um, also, with us, not, with us going out into the world, we also have to understand with both those parables, it talks about that those who, well, technically those three parables, it talks about that those who actually went out into the world were the ones who reaped the prize. And the Lord is reminding me that if we don't actually go into the world and we're not doing anything, or the Lord brought me to Romans where it talks about that tribulation brings character and character hope and how um, with us being in the world brings tribulations and as a result we're built up inside of the Lord. And those who do not, who try to remain and get away from the world and not go out into the world, how that those people won't endure because they don't have an actual relationship with the Lord. It's just them looking at the physical or going, that looks good to me instead of actually doing the whole thing, which is needed in order for us to endure when the time comes. Well, it's part of it. But endurance is also a mindset, right? When you have made up your mind, you've made that, that final decision that for the Lord I live, what is Paul right about? There's nothing, not even angels or anything, can separate us from the love of God. Mm-hmm. We will hold fast to him. 
that's a difference from someone who hasn't quite made up their mind. And you see this in, in many natural things. I don't care if it's military training or whatever it is. When people have made up their mind that they're going to make it, they'll take that one more step. Even when they don't think that they even have it in them, they will keep pushing themselves mm-hmm. to make it. I don't care if they die, but they're not going to die there, right? They're going to be moving forward. Why do we approach our relationship with the Lord any differently? Mm-hmm. And there's something to be said about when, um, so with our faith, when our faith is able to come up against a resistance or a challenge and prevail, right? There's strengthening that happens. It's like when you start off, maybe you can only lift five pounds of a dumbbell and then you work that five pounds and, you know, now, because you spent that time working at that level, you can move forward and start working on the 10 pounds and then progress. There's something to be said about when we are able to use the the plan of God, use the, the weapons that we have or the tools of our life in Christ Jesus and overcome when we meet uh, resistance to encourage us and inspire us to move forward. That, that also comes with a part of that mental endurance because you'll yeah. say to yourself, well, God helped me through this. I, God brought me over this. He delivered me from here. Like with David, when he faced Goliath, he delivered me out of the hand of the, the lion and the bear. And, you know, he caused me to be able to prevail over them. So I know I can do this as well because Christ is with me. So there's something to be said about our faith being challenged And as we are spending time in our life here on earth, not waiting for the, you know, angels to come and take us away, but getting active about the business that God left us here to do, and then letting our faith grow as we exercise it, as we meet challenges, as we meet resistance, boldly standing in confidence on the word of God and in confidence of who God is, his nature and his character and his inability to lie so that we are able to grow and prevail and persevere. Jesus didn't go from being an infant straight to the cross. No, there was, there was a time of protection, then a time of growth, then a time of challenge because people tried to throw him off the cliff. They tried to stone him. They tried to do all these things. Then they began to per, uh, pursue him, persecute him and hunt him. Then he progressed to being able to resist in the garden and get physically on the cross, literally on the cross and die and give up his spirit. So even the Lord had a progression of how he pursued or navigated through this. Just very quickly before we close this episode for today, the and looking at verse 7 in chapter 2 about um, in the ages to come, the Lord showing his goodness and his mercy to us, it gives us hope that um, there's something to look forward to at the end of the journey. And why he said it's in the ages to come because of, you know, spiritual laws that are at work, there is a limit on what we can experience here on the earth. But when all sin is done away with and, you know, put in a box and put a ribbon on top of it, thrown to the lake of fire, then we can enjoy the fullness of it. So Paul is also encouraging us to be like Jesus, to look beyond the moment and see the joy set before us and Amen. run with endurance and finish our race. Amen. Keep your eyes on the prize and he is our prize. Le Charles. Yes. As you were speaking, mommy, dad, and promise about how we're supposed to be going out into the world. The Lord just brought up to my remembrance, so it was a conversation that I had with him a few times. I looked at that, I was asking the Lord, why was that possibly the better choice? And I gave my list of reasons to the Lord, saying, Lord, if I had been in heaven this whole time, there will be no sin for me to be enacting, and I would mm-hmm. there will be no 
nothing for me to struggle with inside of my life. And my life would be so much better if that was just the case. Mm-hmm. And I was all but a little bit crying to the Lord mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. wondering why he made the decision he did. And as you were talking about problems that we're supposed to be going into the world, but not of it, the Lord reminded me of all those various things that I was talking to the Lord about that I struggled with was because I was trying to be part of the world Amen. instead of just going into it. Mm-hmm. The Lord was showing me that it was good inside the natural earth as he created it. But when we're trying to be just like the people around us or like the people that we see and try to take parts of them and still try to maintain or think we're maintaining what we have with the Lord, that's when the difficulty and the struggle came in. Amen. And we see that in the life of Jesus, his disciples struggled with doubt and fear because they were trying to be like the people they saw around them, who mm. they spent time with. Whereas Jesus was saying, why are you guys looking around? I'm right here. Mm-hmm. I'm all that you need inside your life. There's nothing that the world can give you. Mm-hmm. I've already given to you completely, totally lacking nothing, as you say, Dad. Mm-hmm. And how when we're coming from that perspective of that's why we're going into the world, because the Lord gave us the world. He didn't give it to the unbelievers. This is still the Lord's world. Mm-hmm. It's not for us to just lay down and say, okay, you guys can rule this, but we're supposed to be going and enacting the warfare that the Lord has for us. He didn't, um, that's something that you always tell us is that if you're giving it an inch, the devil's taking it, meaning that you can't just leave this empty ground and expect nobody to take it. Mm-hmm. That's what nations do all the time. They don't just leave their borders five miles away from the other nation. The other nation will swap those five miles and keep coming if they have the opportunity. Mm-hmm. And the same mm-hmm. is true in our own lives. If we're constantly trying to get away from the world or what we think is dirty because it is dirty, then we won't be able to enact and take everything that the Lord has for us inside of this earth. Occupy it until he comes. I was going to say that exact thing. He told us to occupy until he comes back. Amen to that. And as you said, nobody puts a light um, promise. Nobody puts the light under a bushel, right? And nobody, the salt, if it's not fulfilling its purpose, is useless. We are salt and we are light. We are the fragrance of God in the earth. So the Lord also uses his fragrance that he diffuses through us to draw others out of darkness and to the marvelous light. So the purpose, the good works that he predestined, the being um, developed and cultivated in our faith and our patience and perseverance and endurance, as well as being effective for the purpose and the reason and the call that God put us here in the earth and let us remain here is vitally important, vitally important that the Lord's will be done on earth as it is in heaven through us. We've been given that opportunity to be a part of his plan. Amen. So that is what what everyone claims they're looking for, right? Yes. I, I, even if it's in the natural, people claim they want to be a part of things. They want to have a role and not just be on cast out or on the outside or mm-hmm. sitting on the bench, right? Yes. yes. Okay, well, the Lord's given us a role. He's given each of, each of you a role. And you, the people here in this room, but also the listeners. You have a role. You have a part. And it's not relegated to a bench someplace. Mm-hmm. There is much work to be done in the kingdom. Or the Lord wouldn't have said to his disciples, pray for the laborers, because the laborers are few. There is much work to be done for the kingdom. So I would ask you Amen. to seek the Lord. 
on what is your role and then to fulfill it. You can't fulfill it on your own. Mm-hmm. You have to ask him how you go about doing that. Mm-hmm. Also, just like everything else, seek the Lord, get his guidance, wisdom, instruction, knowledge. He will give you the understanding that you need and he will direct your steps and use that to grow your faith. Yes. And amen. 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 All right, let's pause there for today. So can I get a volunteer to close out in prayer, please? I will. All right, Layla. Lord, we thank you for the strength that you've given each and every one of us to run with endurance the race that you set before us, God. We thank you for the prize that you've also given us, which is you, Lord, to be reunited and one with you as we once were, Lord. And we thank you for our partners and our listeners, Lord, our brothers and sisters in Christ, that we have others to encourage us as well to continue to pursue what you have for us, Lord. We thank you for your word that it's infallible, Lord, and that it always provides what we need in the moment, Lord, and in the moments to come, God. So we just thank you for those things. In Jesus' name, amen. In Jesus' name, amen. And amen. Well, we love you. God bless you. And have a wonderful day. Want to know more about a day of prayer? Sign up for our newsletter where you'll get the latest updates on the ministry, inspiring messages, and coupon codes for the merch shop. Visit our website, adayofprayer.org. Click on connect in the menu bar and complete the form. Be sure to check the box that says subscribe. Thank you for listening to A Day of Prayer. We trust the Lord that you are strengthened and encouraged in your relationship with Christ. Visit us on our website, adayofprayer.org, where you can check out our blog, find additional study resources, or shop the official A Day of Prayer store. Remember, Jesus said, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No one comes to the Father but through me. So until next time, take care and God bless you.